This is Podco Media Networks. It's the Demystifying Data Podcast with Chris Clegg, where we deconstruct the tools and techniques marketers need to make data more actionable. Here's Chris. Hello, welcome. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Demystifying Data. My name is Chris Clegg. I'm your host. And today I want to talk to you about marketing ROI and the idea of modeling ROI for customer loyalty campaigns. So, so often we talk about marketing ROI in the context of customer acquisition efforts. But in many cases, you're going to be talking to current customers, especially if you're a prevalent brand, or you're designing a Marcom plan that's focused specifically on customers directly, and you're looking to increase loyalty stem churn. And so I want to talk a little bit about those kinds of campaigns, how we think about the measurement of them, and how we think about the measurement of ROI. So first, it's important to take a step back and think for a second around where does revenue come from in marketing? Because at the end of the day, there's only three places that any kind of marketing effort is going to generate revenue for a brand. And it's going to come from either incremental usage among current customers. So you have customers, you're focused on usage occasions and expanding those usage occasions. And through that, you have incremental usage. So think about orange juice, think about beverages. There's other categories that you're never going to see that from. So, you know, people are going to buy toilet paper and they're going to buy the amount of toilet paper they need. And that's going to be the trend. And you might see some hoarding behavior in a promotion, but you're not going to see incremental usage necessarily. The other category, so you've got the first one that you're going to get revenue from is increased usage among current customers. The other source of revenue is going to come from acquiring customers from the competition. So they are already within the buying category. They're already there purchasing the product category, and you're presenting a value proposition that's stronger than what the competition is offering, and therefore you're getting their customers to come to you. And that third source, that third area where you're going to make revenue from marketing is introducing new people into the category to begin with. So they may not purchase whatever it is is being sold from anybody, but you've been able to present the solution to a problem that's new thinking for them. And therefore, they realize that this is something they should be a part of and they get engaged in it and they start buying it from the brand you're promoting. So you're only going to get revenue from three places, from increased usage among current customers, from acquiring the competitor's customers, or from introducing new consumers into the category. And with that in mind, we overlay acquisition marketing efforts and what's being done to figure out, okay, which of those three things is the focus? And then how do we measure those things appropriately? And to a degree, it becomes about precedence and academic once you have that overlay on what's being done. And that's for acquisition marketing, but there's also marketing focused on loyalty and current customers where the goal is to reduce churn or increase usage and or, or the like. And it's very similar, but there are four areas where we think about revenue coming in from a loyalty campaign. And I want to share those four areas with you and talk about how you apply an ROI model to that with those things in mind. Again, we're always thinking about cause and effect when we're thinking about designing a data program or a data plan around a marketing campaign. And this is going to be the causal stuff. This is going to be the reasons why a customer that is increasing uh, revenue into the brand. And the outcomes, the measure of that revenue is something we'll talk about next. But these are the kind of the causal, the theories or the ideas that are going to drive success in that customer loyalty communication plan. And the first has to do with how well you are communicating the lifestyle match. Because consumers will buy products 
and will buy a volume of product based on how relevant that is to them. So in many cases, we will buy from multiple brands within a category, and the brands that get the majority of our dollars are going to be those that are most front and center to us and to our awareness. And those brands that are most front and center to us and our awareness are those brands that align with our lifestyle or our sense of who we are. Every individual consumer has a perspective of who they are, what kind of person are they, what are their values, beliefs, their habits, their attitudes, and how do those come together to create a certain buying profile that defines the way they act. And in many cases, we talk about that in the groups of those profiles as lifestyles. And when the values and beliefs that an individual has that defines their lifestyle aligns with the values and beliefs that a brand has and how it's communicating what it's all about, when those come together, that brand moves more front and center into the awareness of the consumer and therefore will see a larger share of their dollars going to that brand when it otherwise might have been dispersed within the category. So one way in which loyalty campaigns with current customers can increase revenue is it's a part of increasing usage, but it's doing so because it's creating a better alignment between perceived lifestyle match. And then this idea of expand usage also can come in from the area of education to solve problems. So you can have marketing communication towards current customers designed to help them understand the features or the benefits of the product in a more holistic way, and therefore better understand the range of solutions that it might provide, and therefore realize that what they're already doing in one area, the same brand can solve problems in a broader scope of areas and maybe solve new problems that they didn't even think of. And therefore, it's going to become a more holistic solution for them. And we play with that a little bit in services, especially household services around bundling. But we also play with that within um, food categories. So Target starts to bring different line extensions around different foods or paper products or the like. So they can start to expand what you know and love about Target can now be experienced at a broader array of your household supply needs. And so it's this idea of through education, expanding so that you can get better usage. The third area where loyalty campaigns are going to generate revenue is going to be when they're reducing churn or where they're very proactively reducing customer defection. And customer defection is a lot of things that drive it. But at the end of the day, it can be boiled down to one simple concept. And that is simply when the expectations set by marketing do not align with the experience of the product. And so marketing is making a certain promise to consumers around what they're going to get when they buy the product or participate in the service. And then they're going to actually do that. And operations is going to be delivering a certain product or delivering a certain service. And when the expectations don't match the experience, that disconnect is what drives churn or disloyalty. And there's a million different ways that that happens or can happen, but that's basically what's happening. And so one way to combat churn for certain types of causes of it are to use marketing communication among current customers to help better set expectations or to correct misconceptions that might exist in the market around what something can do. Or maybe there was an over-aggressive marketing campaign that backfired a little bit and there's some recovery that needs to be done. And so you're maybe not backtracking is the best way to say it, but you're rounding out the message so that it's a little more clear of what um, is actually going to be the experience if consumers should try to give the product a shot. And so 
that idea of um, expectation to experience alignment, that's going to be certainly a part of the product quality and the service delivery, but it's also going to be what they expected to begin with. And marketing communications can help fix that. And when you reduce churn because of it, you're creating revenue for the brand. And then the third is related to customer service. And it's related to that idea of when there is a problem, when there is a split between what was expected and what was experienced, you always want customers to reach out for help. And years of research and time and time again across multiple industries, it's a a very consistent trend that a customer who has a problem contacts the company for help and is happy with how their request for assistance was handled, they will be more loyal than somebody who never had a problem in the first place. And so there is this space where problem experience actually becomes an opportunity to generate loyalty. But you have to have the person call the company for help, or you have to have the person reach out in some way to seek assistance. And then you obviously have to have a great program to provide that assistance. You've got to deliver a very top-level experience so that they are happy with how things went and therefore realize that the uh, brand has their back, cares about them, and is a, a match for what they value when it comes to where they're going to put their dollars. And that's going to be a source of incremental revenue when you are generating loyalty through promoting contact channels, promoting support channels through your marketing communication. So those are the four areas that customer loyalty communication plan is going to generate revenue for the company. It's through enhanced perceived lifestyle match. It's through expanded usage occasions or solving new problems. Number three, it's from expectation to experience alignment. And number four, it's through customer service channel promotion and the like. So you have those four areas, and those are going to be the theoretical causal drivers of incremental gain through your marketing. And so the next question is, well, how do you measure that outcome? How do you measure what that gain is? And that's going to be through a very simple control test environment uh, with future usage intention, future loyalty. Some of the key metrics around measuring customer perception has to do with net promoter score, customer satisfaction, and continued usage intention, customer loyalty. And looking at how those measures trend among control groups, those that were not exposed to the marketing communication versus those that were exposed to the marketing communication, a test group. And the difference between those two is going to represent your incremental gain. So in a very simple level, at a very most basic level, if you were talking to uh, 100 people with this marketing program, and let's, let's back up. Let's say you understand through your control research that you have a baseline loyalty of 60%. So on average, typical customer, six out of 10, 60% are telling you that they will continue to buy, continue to use the product, right? Not great, not terrible, but 60% is what it is through whatever means you have it. The brand already does brand health research. Maybe you have it there, or perhaps you're doing a control group sample of across a a stratified random sample of U.S. consumers to get at that kind of baseline measure. It's going to be different based on the category of how you collect that data. But you get this 60% baseline control group measure. And then as people finish the experience, you are asking a similar question set and you're learning from them that theirs is 80%. When somebody finishes this marketing communication, regardless of which of the four it was focused on, they're reporting an 80% level of loyalty. And so you know, you can start to say, hey, all is being equal, this marketing plan, this communication strategy increased loyalty by 20 points. And if I engaged 100 people with my marketing, 
then I can step back and say, you know, 20 of those people, I can start to take credit for having captured or avoided churn because of uh, the communication. So 20% of those 100 um, are with us that might have otherwise left. And with that information, you can then look at what's the value per customer, do the math to get to a dollar value that the communication provided, and then divide that by what you spent for the whole thing to get to an ROI measure. Now, there's a, a lot of yeah buts in there. There's a lot of different things that as this thinking got more uh, roots in your organization and was used more strategically, you'd want to start to address. So what is the annual value per customer or are all 20 of those actually going to do what they say they're going to do? And, and how is it measured on what kind of scale and how good is that scale a predictor of future behavior? Those are all very valid questions and certainly things that can be addressed with great precedence or academic literature. But start very simple. Start with just a simple math of what was your lift? What does that translate into number of people? What's a person worth to the company? And therefore, how many dollars can you start to take credit for? And how's that compared to what you spent? And so that's basically the idea and the thinking around how you apply ROI modeling to customer satisfaction and loyalty uh, marketing communication initiatives. Not a whole lot different than acquisition initiatives, but equally as powerful. So hopefully this was helpful. I hope you enjoyed this uh, brief podcast. You can always ask questions of us at portma.com. Uh, you can message us at portma if you tweet. And uh, we certainly um, love the feedback. So keep it coming. If you are not a subscriber, go ahead and subscribe wherever you like to listen to podcasts. And you can also catch past episodes at demystifyingdata.co. So I hope you enjoyed it and I hope you're having a great day. Thanks so much for listening. Tune in next time as Chris Clegg continues Demystifying Data. Meantime, head over to demystifyingdata.co to learn more.